Hey, you're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Alyssa Circle on November 22nd, 2021. Alyssa Circle is CEO and co-founder of Pollinate Media Group and We've Made Media, and she's an absolute blogging legend, okay? Notorious for her blogs, Diary of an Addict and Rags to Riches. Her most recent blog is Little Bit City, Little Bit Country. In this episode, Alyssa blesses us with her story and offers an unreal amount of uplifting advice. You're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Alyssa Circle. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Alyssa, thanks for joining me on Upbeats. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm it's definitely be a excited. Fun time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm definitely excited to have you here as well. Um, and I love starting with story and introducing these new guests and new faces to the Upbeat listeners. And so that's where I want to start with you. And I want to kick it off by, by doing this first. You've got a blog out called Little Bit City, Little Bit Country, right? I do. But, but that is not your first one. You've had many. <laughs> I've had many. I'm like the queen of rebranding. I feel like if it's not working, don't be afraid to pivot. <laughs> awesome. Lesson. There's already a lesson, guys. Everyone take note. Um, no, that's awesome. So I, I just wanted to put that out there because it's part of sharing a little bit more about yourself. Um, maybe you could allude to some of the other projects you've been on as well. And other, other blogs you were doing before, Little Bit City, Little Bit Country. Absolutely. Well, my name is Alyssa Circle, like the shape, um, really easy to remember. Um, I've been married for 17 years and we have two teenagers. Uh, our daughter's 13 and our son actually will be 12 in like 14 days, which is crazy. Um, and we split time between Southern California and Franklin, Tennessee, which we've been doing for the last six years, hence the name Little Bit City, Little Bit Country. And, um, but in my history, I was born in Hawaii. My family is actually Hawaiian Chinese. Uh, and I grew up in Southeast Asia for most of my life. I came back, uh, when I went to college and it was a completely culture shocking experience. Um, going from living overseas and, and kind of being a part of that Southeast Asian world to coming back to the U.S., but I fully embraced college and loved it. Went to school to be a teacher, have my master's degree in education, had a baby, stopped teaching. <laughs> um, I think that that's always a gift that God's given me, but he's definitely shifted how he's used it uh, over the course of my life, depending on the season I'm in, which I'm grateful for. Uh, I started a blog actually when I got pregnant with my daughter. So I'm what you would call an OG blogger. My first blog started in 2007 and it was aptly named Rags to Stitches because along with it came a, an online Etsy shop where I thought I would sew all my daughter's <laughs> clothes and all her baby accessories. And, um, Slowly but surely, our house turned into a sweatshop, literally, <laughs> because I the room that I worked in that was attached to our house literally had no heating and no air. So whatever was the temperature outside was the temperature of that room. So living in Southern California, it was either like 50 degrees or 100 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I loved that season. And it really 
in that season, I got on social media and I met so many incredible people. No one was really having children at the same time that my husband and I were. We got married young, had kids young, and none of our friends were really in that that phase of life. And so social media became this whole world for me where I I've made some of like the bestest, is that even a word, friends still to this day that I have. I met on Twitter and then on Instagram when Instagram launched in 2010. And so I'm um I'm a byproduct of social media, I guess. Uh when as my blog started to grow, I started working with brands. So this was back in 2010, where brands were really starting to utilize influencers, or as we called them back then was mommy bloggers to talk about their products, their services. And it was just this new way of marketing. And it was really an exciting time. And it was so fun to be a part of what we called this wild, wild west of social influencer marketing. And I began working with different brands who were paying me to create content for them. And I was like, this is such a great way to stay home with my kids, be able to be at moms and muffins, but also be able to make an income doing what I love. And I, my husband and I were sitting down talking and he's a complete serial entrepreneur. I always say that I'm an accidental entrepreneur. (laughs) And um, he said, if, if, you know, if you have these opportunities, like how can we create these opportunities for your friends? And that's how our company pollinate media was born. It was, it is a matchmaker between brands and influencers to create evergreen content around their products and services. My goal was to create beautiful content that would um, drive consumers into stores to purchase the products, but love the product so much that they would become a loyal purchaser of that product long after that campaign was done. And so we've worked with over a hundred different brands over the last 10 years. We represent over 5,000. Um, male and female influencers. And um, it's just been, it's been such an incredible like journey for us to be able to empower women and to give them opportunities to work from home and make an income doing what they love. And in the middle of all of that, (laughs) as we're talking (laughs) about multiple blogs, in the middle of all of of that, I decided to rebrand my blog into more of a style blog and called it Diary of an Addict. Um, I wasn't recovering from anything other than maybe a coffee addiction. I don't know if anybody (laughs) can relate. I'm still working on it. Um, but that's kind of like how I landed and pivoted into all of that. And then over the years, as we've started traveling the country, our family's been to 49 States, um, by SUV. Uh, we just haven't made it to Alaska yet. God willing, as everything opens back up, we'll get up there. And uh, I just felt like man, we are just, we love being in the city, but we feel so at home in the country. And thus I pivoted again, (laughs) became little bit city, little bit country. And that's where I stand today. And I love the blogging space and um, I love social media. And I love just the fact that we have the opportunity to bring light and hope to people around us and reach so many more people doing it than just the people in our community. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for that breakdown that I feel like definitely I know you better. The listeners are going to for sure know you better. I feel honored uh, to be speaking with an OG uh, blogging legend. <laughs> um, 
that's kind of an interesting topic too, because you know I'm I'm video and podcasting and audio and a, and a lot of the research that I've done over the years, like specifically with YouTube and stuff, it's always like, well, this is the new blogging, or this is now quote unquote more powerful than blogging. So I guess what kind of um, shifts have you have you made? Like, and, and do you think blogging today? This is probably. I'm really excited to hear your answer on this, but do you think blogging today is like just, just as powerful or are you having to do things differently? Well, you know, if we were talking a couple years ago, I would say that the face of blogging has shifted um, while it's still important. And I always coach businesses, whether you are um, a business or a network marketer or just whoever, I always encourage people to have a blog because one, it's such a great way to tell your story. It's it's like a scrapbook that your kids can go back to in more long form than just putting pictures with like pretty stickers in a book and handing it off to them. It just really gives them, like my daughter's 13 and she's reading through my blog, which is good and bad at times. When she <laughs> comes to me and asks me questions, I sometimes am like stumbling over my words, why I wrote certain things and when I did. But it's just a cool way to be able to to leave a legacy behind of like, this is what our family did. This is what we're about. This is what we stand for. But I believe everyone has a story and a blog is a great way to tell it. Now, a couple of years ago, Instagram, everyone was, was really flocking to Instagram. And so it became a short form of blogging. And I feel like actually having a website blog became less and less of importance to people. But with the algorithms that have changed um, on Facebook and Instagram over the years. And then now with the recent move towards video being seen more than static posts, I really believe that blogging is going to have a comeback and we're going to start seeing more and more people start blogging because no one's seeing that long form content. So if they really have something to share or they really want to impact um, in a different way than they're doing it over there. So they're like, I'm going to create this video and it's great. And it's a great reel. But if you want to know more, <laughs> you can go hang out on the blog and it'll tell you in greater detail what I'm saying in 15 seconds on video. So I'll be excited to see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's ever changing, you know, this world of content and online media and it's fascinating, but at the same time, it can be really overwhelming too. So what, what are your thoughts or, or maybe some, some quick words of advice to those who maybe feel like overwhelmed by like all the options, maybe even if they're just starting or maybe if they've been doing it a long time and they want to kind of recenter themselves, like what are some of the, I guess, cornerstone kinds of things that they, they should focus on, um, in this world of having everything. <laughs> Yes, totally. I mean, we have a lot of things at our fingertips and we have a lot of access to a lot of information and we have the ability to be able to say, well, that seems to be working for that person. So I'm going to jump on that train and hope that it works for me as well. But the thing is, is you were created uniquely you and you have your own unique message and your own unique story. And so I encourage people, no matter what channel they love the best, to stick with that to be true and authentic to who they are. So if dancing around um, is comes naturally to you because that's something that you love to do, then do it. Do that on Reels. Do that on TikTok. My daughter loves to dance. It's such a great way for us to connect. And man, if like, if it gets my teenage daughter to actually 
want to find time to hang out with me, then I'm going to, then I'm going to do it. So we do dances together, but when she's not around, I'm not posting reels <laughs> or, or TikToks where I'm dancing around alone in my house. That's just uncomfortable for me, but it's been a great way for us to create content together. And it brings people joy. People always write me and they're like, I'm so encouraged by this. It's, it encourages me in my relationship with my daughter. I'm hoping that when she's 13, we're going to have the same kind of relationship. And so I think just don't feel like you need to be everywhere all of the time. Even if it feels like everyone else is everywhere all the time, I think just hone in on, even if it's only one channel or two social media channels, don't overwhelm yourself to try and keep up because the you feel like the world is telling you, you need to. I feel like you can be fully successful on one platform. I've seen so many people do it with just Instagram. Don't get bogged down by what everyone else is telling you to do. You do you, you be you. And if you are authentic to who you are, then the audience will follow and the impact will follow the audience. Dang, that's that's deep. I And I'm glad you brought up the whole thing with the audience too, because that's where I was kind of head in, uh, in my thoughts was just like, if you are yourself, you have a better shot at, at building a real genuine audience. Um, and I was going to ask you like with your first blogs, you know, cause you said you started in 2007 before, I think, yeah, before like Instagram, before even maybe YouTube and Facebook, like how, how did you initially start building your audience to a point where brands were like, yeah, we're going to pay her to talk about us <laughs> so we could get in front of people. Well, I, let me just tell you, I was online all the time, which is why I say, you know, it can get overwhelming and all consuming. I literally had every notification available to my, to me going off at all times of day. I was on Facebook at the time. It was when Twitter was first coming out. But the first couple of years that I was blogging and I was just promoting my Etsy business, I was reaching out to other influencers, like other bloggers at the time and being like, can I send you this product? And would you be willing to talk about it? And that's really like how I got my name out there. And then going to conferences uh, and meeting other bloggers and other influencers really um, escalated kind of how like my exposure in that space. And so Separately from that, I had a friend come to me who had a connection with Cosplus World Market and basically said, hey, they're looking to build out an ambassador program. Would you be willing to do that? And at the time, I not only did I have an audience, but I also had a group of friends who I knew all had audiences as well. And so that was really how Pollinate was birthed, was building out an ambassador program for Cost Plus World Market because they were looking to work with influencers and I had all of those friendships because I had built them online and we talked on Twitter and you're just constantly like on um, whatever channel. And then when YouTube launched, I used to do uh, what's called a coffee date on Fridays. So <laughs> I was actually went back and I found like, I think like in 2008 and 2009, I was like an early adopter to YouTube. I should have really stuck with it. <laughs> um, but I didn't. And so now getting back to it's a little bit trickier. And now we have like YouTube live, which is a whole other thing, but I would literally record myself having coffee 
And it would just be on my camera from my computer. It was nothing like fantastic. I wasn't super paying attention to the lighting. I probably sometimes didn't even brush my hair, but it was just like, I'm sitting down and I'm having coffee. And I'm like, if you were sitting across from me, like these would be all the things that I would be telling you. Um, motherhood is difficult. I'm not sleeping very much. I have a teething kid. I have a child that doesn't loves hot dogs one day and hates them the next day. Um, can I even say that? Are we, I'm sure we're probably not supposed to be feeding our kids hot dogs, but you know, it was, it was kind of like all these different things going on. And, um, and I just felt like I needed to be everywhere all the time. And while it did help with exposing me to brands and being able to work with brands, it became, um, I realized that being, (laughs) not being everywhere all the time was actually more beneficial to my like to my influencer career, to working with brands and just focusing on like a couple of areas where I knew the people that I was talking to were hanging out. And I think that's why brands enjoyed working with me because I hung out, I knew where my audiences hung out and I hung out there with them and chatting with them and interacting with them. And so when when I would talk about products, services, any of that, people would be like, okay, I need this in my life. Love it. Absolutely love it. So much, so much good advice throughout all of that. Um, and, and I would just say too, like you mentioned really good points about being authentic and I wanted the kind of extra stress, like being authentic in your messaging and in the things that you're trying to share, you know, cause I think also I learned this actually on clubhouse a few months ago. Um, but that brands, you know, they have a budget just to be growing like in the, in, uh, in society, in culture, like not necessarily have it directly tied to ROI. And so like, if you're getting behind things that you care about, if you're getting behind missions, uh, that you care about and nonprofits or whatever, mm-hmm. um, brands will support those things too. So it's, it's a double cross cause you get the win from the brands, but you also get the win for your audience. Cause you're being authentic in your messaging. A hundred percent. And then when your audience comes to you, they know that if you're talking about something, it's a, it's a product or a service or an organization that you truly love, that you truly support. And you can talk about why you, why you support them. And people are more likely to want to get to know that company more likely to buy that product, maybe more likely to support that organization or go to their events or their galas. And I think that is the best way we can service our our clients that we work with is by saying, I'm going to be true to who I am. This is, I am who I am online and offline. And I just want to be authentic and bring hope and bring joy and bring light. And I feel like your product is going to do that for people. And so I want to talk about it. And it's a win-win for brands and for um for influencers, especially now, I feel like it's shifted and people are, brands are really looking to create long-term relationships with influencers where they're not just doing uh, one-off campaigns, but they're actually creating a relationship with them so that, you know, every couple of months you're working together and you're talking about the same product or service. Yeah. And, and it's funny, as you say that I have some people and some influencers like coming through my mind, like, Oh my gosh, they've been with that brand for a long time. And, Mm -hmm. um, if I were to, you know, 
ask what the latest is on like my my phone like i i have like a few youtube channels and personalities who like i know i'd go to <laughs> for the answer so we probably all kind of inherently do that even without thinking about it which is crazy um but yeah so i wanted to ask too like what happened for you like throughout covid and everything you know with the ups and downs the world was in like did you double down on social media did you take a break like what kinds of things were you up to so I think COVID in itself uh, was just a gigantic opportunity to be isolated. And I am not an isolation type girl. I thrive on being around people, being in conversations with people. My husband and I are always like, let's build bigger tables and higher fences. And how can we bring people together and connect people? And so we just looked for ways to do that on Zoom and on social media. And I just really felt like when, when there was so much unknown happening in the world and there was this tension and anxiety and fear and there was just, there was so much unknown. I felt like the Lord really spoke to me and he's like, Alyssa, you got to start creating content that's going to bring hope and it's going to bring joy to people. And so that's what I just started to do. Instead of consuming content, I started creating content and I'm like, this quote really encouraged me today. Maybe it'll encourage someone else. This Bible verse really encouraged me today. Maybe it'll encourage someone else. I'm going to hop online and this funny thing happened to me today. And I'm going to share it with someone else because gosh, we could all just really use a laugh today. And so while, while my business shifted, because of course, um, it's hard to talk about products and services that are flying off shelves because everybody's worried the world's going to end. <laughs> um, and thankfully, we're all still here. And uh, I just really felt like it was such an opportunity for me to... I felt like the Lord was doing so much in me to shift me into a space of really claiming the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I was like, how can I do that every day? And how can I help other people do that in a time where it would just be really easy to constantly feel anxious? And I also have two small children and they, I want them to walk in that too. I don't want them to be constantly worried or anxious as they're trying to navigate school on Zoom and being home. And so we would just create a lot of like fun opportunities. We would create fun workouts at home and we would you know, race each other back and forth in the yard. And we would swim at odd times of the day. And we just, we did our best to just really create an environment that was surrounded by hope and joy. And so that's what I tried to really put out there on social media. And that's daily what I'm still trying to put out there on social media. I want people to feel encouraged. I want people to feel hope. And I want to lift people's spirits and even if they're laughing at my <laughs> expense, um, I'd rather the smile than the frown. Ooh, yeah, that's super deep. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like I can confidently say that you are being that for people. Um, you were that for me. There was one time I can't remember exactly what the posts were, but I was on stories on Instagram. And it was just like, Trump said this, Joe Biden did this, so-and-so is beat up on a subway. And then it was like you and your daughter dancing. <laughs> and and it, I think, unfortunately, the positive kind of silly, what brings a, a smile, not a frown kind of posts are the, are the rare posts. Um, 
nowadays. I feel like I feel like there's so much more negative than there is uplifting. I agree, which just means that there is more opportunity for us to shift the narrative. I feel like there's so much opportunity for us to love on others, to encourage others, to get in their DMs and say something positive about them. Even if it's, I love the color shirt you're wearing, or, Hey, I noticed you got new glasses or, Hey, that's a great haircut. It doesn't really matter. I think people just want to feel seen and that's why social media exists. It comes out of this desire to want to feel seen and to want to feel known. And while I already know that Jesus sees me and he knows me, I have the opportunity to go out there and share that with other people like that you are seen and you are known and you are loved. And so in the middle of all of that negativity, man, if we just took up the opportunity to like, even if it's like this commercial break (laughs) in between all of those stories and all of those posts as people are scrolling to give them an opportunity to smile, then gosh, I mean, I feel like there's nothing better than that opportunity. Yeah. Well, when it puts a smile on my face too, how much you're bringing up the Lord and, and religion. And I don't know, do you mind if we go kind of more of a religious route here for a second? I don't mind. I love talking about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Never know these days, but I, yeah, I, I was just curious, like if you've been like a believer your whole life or like when you kind of, uh, when you kind of started standing in, in your religion. Yeah. So I've been, a, I've had a relationship with Jesus my whole life. Um, I grew up in a home where both of my parents knew Jesus. Uh, my mom actually met Jesus when she was uh, later in life, when she married my dad and they were told that they would never have children. And she found Jesus and God healed her. And she had me and she had my brother. And uh, so I feel like we are both a product of a miracle. And so we were just really, my mom always told us that story growing up. And so we have always just had a relationship with Jesus. I feel like over the years, my relationship with Jesus became really complacent where it was like, I was going through the motions and part of Bible study and I go to church and I worship, but it really wasn't, uh, until I was an adult that I really realized that the word can't come alive and he can't come alive in you if you're not spending time with him. And then when COVID hit, I really felt like the Lord was shifting my calling. And he began saying, I had been feeling already for a while that social media had a really narcissistic side to it, where you're like obsessed with numbers and and impressions and algorithms and all of that stuff. And it started to really make me feel like I was living in a world of less than. I was constantly trying to keep up, hold up, have enough, have more. Um, well, cause and I didn't like, Oh, sorry. I was just saying, you're also posting about you for those numbers. Like, it's not like most of the time anyway, it's not posting something and then keeping mm-hmm. track of the numbers. It's posting you and you start to identify mm-hmm. like with, or you start to coincide with, with those numbers and how it relates to your overall worth, which is bad. A hundred percent. And like, if I would post pictures of myself, I would get all these likes, but if I posted pictures of my kids, like I would get less and then it would bother me. And then I would feel like I needed to post less about my family. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's like not what this is about. And so I 
I really felt like this stirring of like something's got to shift and something's got to change. And when COVID hit, I like I doubled down in my relationship with Jesus in a new way. I felt like I encountered him in a new way. I felt like he showed up to me in a new way. I feel like he healed me of things like struggles of a lot of that stuff where I felt like I wasn't enough. I felt like he started to call me into new things. And I literally would argue with him and be like, I'm not that person. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I don't know the Bible enough. Nobody's going to listen to me. Um, There's probably someone else who's already farther ahead in this journey that you could use instead of me and no. And I, and I said that for like literally a full year because I felt like he was calling me into uh, writing a book and probably many books. And I have ideas for Bible studies and devotionals and, and all of that. And I was like, Lord, I am, I am not equipped, but he said, no, but you're available. And that's the difference. And God uses those who are available, who are willing to say yes and say, gosh, I'm going to, okay, Lord, I'm going to step out onto the water, even though I really have no idea if I'm going to sink, if the wave is going to take over me, if I'm going to end up under the boat instead of in the boat. And I feel like when I started saying yes, my relationship with Jesus changed. I started to really see what I was reading in the word, like come alive. Like I even literally, I kid you not have my Bible right here as we're talking because I'm just like, Lord, like let your words be my words, because what do people need to hear to be encouraged to find hope today? And if that's in hearing me talk about how I, I had a relationship with Jesus, but I didn't really see myself as he saw me, then that's okay. Because now I know exactly how he sees me. And I believe he sees all of us and he knows all of us and he wants us to be known by him as well. And that's what I try and teach my kids day in and day out is like how to center their identity around Jesus and not about what everyone else is doing. And I see it in the way that my daughter is now stepping into a calling of leading worship. And she has this incredible voice and people see it and she leads worship at her school. And my son is starting to come home and reflect on different things he's reading in the Bible. And he'll come home and be like, I read this verse today. And did you know that the darkness can't penetrate the light? And I'm like, that's so profound. That's incredible. (laughs) I need to write that down somewhere. And so you start to see evidence of that in your family's life. And then you begin declaring more of that over and over and over them. And so I feel like COVID was a blessing for me because I didn't really know Jesus the way I know him now. And so while COVID has had some ups and downs, I would not, I would not backtrack out of this season for anything. Dang. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. It's, uh, it's really fun to listen to really cool to hear. And it, I think it is going to help a lot of people, anyone who's listening. Um, you know, for me, just I'll open up about this. I feel like I've gotten to a point where I like I can't have both kind of a thing. Like I can either have social media and like the the vein metrics and whatever, or time with family and things that I love that really matter. And I think what you're doing is you're, you're showing people, I mean, you're doing a lot of things, but one of the things you're doing is showing people that, uh, 
they can have both. You know, you can be on those platforms, but you don't have to, you don't have to um, sacrifice the other things that really matter. Yeah. And, you know, Parker, I just want to encourage you. Like, I've always just felt like you were a light. Like when I met you on Clubhouse, I know it was like over audio and, you know, what can you really tell from a person over on audio? But I just always felt like you were an encourager, like you have that gift. And I saw it in the way you encouraged people in Clubhouse, you encouraged other speakers, you encouraged and cheered on other people and their successes. I see you do it online. And I think that the Lord's given you this platform, this podcast, because you are a great encourager and you are a light and you are bringing light to important conversations and important topics. And you're not willing to shy away from like any of any of those topics, like just allowing us to open up and like talk about Jesus on your podcast, taking a whole different direction, probably (laughs) than where we thought just shows that like you want to be a light to the world and you encourage others to be a light as well. And so just thank you for being who you are. Like, it's one of the reasons why I just felt like when you reached out and asked me to be on the podcast, I just couldn't shake it. I'm like, I have to, you know, I need to hang out with Parker some more. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Well, I thank you for those kind words. And I really do appreciate you for being who you are online and, um, and in your life, because it is inspiring to people. It's, it's been inspiring to me. And I appreciate you being here on Upbeat as well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, me too. Well, and there is this last little segment, the Upbeat, the upbeat seat, um, which if there's nothing else, I, I want to make sure I provide space. So like, is there anything else like you wanted to talk about that maybe I haven't asked about or anything? I think the only thing I would say is I'm working on my first manuscript that and book proposal. So keep an eye out because you never know. This girl might be a published author in the next couple of years. God willing, he's promised it. I'm saying yes. So we'll just see what happens. So (laughs) I cannot wait for that day. I'll definitely maybe when you release it, we can do another episode and uh like talk it up and share all the links and stuff like that (laughs) i would be honored to be back awesome well okay Alyssa, what makes you upbeat i think being a mom i love being a mom it stretches me yes but at the same time i find no greater joy than literally being a cheerleader for my kids so i'm at every game every, I mean, I would sneak into every play practice if my daughter would let me. (laughs) I sometimes sit in the car and watch soccer practices. I just really love encouraging my kids in whatever their giftings and callings are. Awesome. Uh, So this might be the answer to this question as well, but who's your number one influence or inspiration? Well, besides Jesus, um, I would say my husband, I just, he is just incredible on so many levels. He loves Jesus. He loves people. He's the kind of person who could walk into a room of strangers and walk out knowing everyone's life story and have at least two or three people he could connect them with. And I think that's such an incredible gift. And I watch him do it. And I'm always like in awe um, of his ability to 
bring people together. He's a, I call him like a super connector. Uh, and so I would say that he inspires me every day. Awesome. Uh, what music do you listen to to stay upbeat and motivated? <laughs> um, well, currently my playlist has a lot of the soundtrack that, well, not a soundtrack, but the album that was released from a church in Nashville called The Belonging Co. Uh, they released it last year called See the Light. So I spend a lot of, I spend, I listen to a lot of worship music, but when I'm not listening to worship music, pretty much anything country. But sometimes 90s rap gets me going too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 90s. Um, yeah, for me, I love 90s stuff. It's always a good throwback. And then country, like, I haven't been into country most of my life. But I, when I lived in, in Tennessee for almost a year, I, I started to like it. And yeah, it's become more of a part of my life. Still not as much as it probably should be or will be, but we'll wait till we get you back to Tennessee. And then, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Beatboxing uh, with some of these country musicians is actually a really fun thing. <laughs> I'd like to see more of that. That'd be cool. Um, okay. Do you have a favorite TV show or anything that you watch with your family? Gosh, in my house, like my family would tell you, nine out of 10 times, I have the Hallmark Channel on. Um, <laughs> I've already started the countdown to Christmas before Halloween. Um, but I do love the show Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. I'm like completely obsessed. And um, Sunday night, season three <laughs> is uh, premiering, two hour premiere. So I'm excited for that too. Oh, awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite word? I have a favorite phrase, um, which is so good. <laughs> so my friends hear me say probably the most. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. <laughs> that reminds me of that song. So good. Bum, 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 bum. Yes, totally. <laughs> um, okay. Favorite social media platform. And um, where you prefer people like following you and connecting with you. So Instagram, I can't help it. I just really love the platform. I can do, I can go live. I can drop videos in, I can drop posts in, I can create reels. So it's the place that I live most often. And you can come find me. It's at Alyssa M circle. Awesome. Yeah. And definitely follow her. Like I said, uh, I meant everything I said in this episode where, you know, you could be scrolling through a lot of negativity and then stumble onto her, her account and it lifts you up. So definitely, definitely follow her. Um, and then I typically close these things out with beatboxing the guest's name. So I'm going to do that real quick and hopefully Heck you yeah. can hear it. so good awesome thank you thanks and thanks so much for being on upbeat thank you for having me this is upbeat with beatboxer musician speaker and show host parker k
Anchor K. Dot Z-O.